Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this live book reading from Next Step Press of the book Delight, Discipleship as the Adventure of Loving and Being Loved. This will also be the uh, episode two of season four of the Next Step podcast, where we help you take a next step. We got into the book last night. Remember, we defined delight kind of a definition by image, that moment when a, a, a young child runs into the arms of their mom and mom lifts the child up and spins them around and they end up both laughing and just enjoying each other's company, that mutual delight. One person begins laughing, the other one starts laughing more, and then before you know it, you're both ro rolling on the floor, enjoying each other. That's, that's what God had in mind with you when he created you in the first place. And that, that idea of mutual delight is a part of what defines our relationship according to the scriptures. So we've been looking at delight, and we're going to jump into to chapter 2. It begins on page 19. If you don't have a copy of your book yet, you can get a copy in the link in the description of this, this uh, Facebook Live video, or you can always go to www.findmynextstep.org. Uh, today was just an absolutely gorgeous day in Michigan. Uh, fall weather, crisp air, sunshine, but kind of low on the horizon. Uh, I found some rainbow trout at Costco on sale, so we, I bought whole rainbow trout and grilled those out. Reminded of me of, of uh, being at the Kested Cottage up in Colorado and walking down the long driveway and across the dirt road and under the railroad tracks. To, to the river and catching rainbow trout and coming back across the street to put them on the charcoal grill. So Josh and Ruthie, Corinne and Lydia, tonight's delight episode isn't, is uh, dedicated to you guys. We miss you a lot and can't wait to spend some time with you again soon. Uh, chapter 19 is called Thoughtful Delight. Remember, the word cloud of delight, biblically speaking, is fairly rich, and that's what we're unpacking, both in Hebrew and in Greek, but mostly just trying to get our handle on what it means for God to delight in us and to in invite us into a relationship of delight with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, chapter 19, Thoughtful Delight, Things That Make You Go, Wow! The broad concept of biblical delight addresses your emotions, but doesn't stop there. Another very particular way the Bible has for talking about delight has to do with your mind as well as your heart. This kind of thoughtful delight comes from figuring something out, seeing how it works, and then rejoicing in how it all fits together. When you use your reason to understand something so well it makes you go, wow! You're experiencing this thoughtful delight. Do you know any engineers? I think I might have one living in my house. My son is only eight. He just turned ten. My son is only eight, but he's been interested in how things work since before he could talk. He loves to figure out how something comes apart and how it goes back together, how to build it or fix it. He's excited to share his designs and what he imagines he could one day build. A screwdriver may be one of his favorite toys. He will push me out of the way to get a closer look at something that's broken, and at eight, he has a better chance of repairing it than I do. Caleb loves to figure a thing out so he can see how it works. And he gives his approval when it works the way it's supposed to. My son knows thoughtful delight. If you, like me, aren't much of an engineer, perhaps you've experienced thoughtful delight 
as you filled in the final words of a really challenging crossword puzzle, or when you solved the fictional murder mystery before the main character provides the great reveal, or when you put together a special meal that balanced just so, or when you finessed the Queen of Hearts at trick three to bring home a small slam. When you see the big picture and how all the pieces fit and they fit together so well it makes you go, wow! you're beginning to get a sense of what thoughtful delight is all about. In the Hebrew of Isaiah 42, God draws our attention to the special servant of Yahweh. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. That's Isaiah 42.1 in the ESV. The Hebrew word ratzah, pronounced ra-tzah, ra-ra-ri, kick him in the tzah, comes with the connotation of understanding and acceptance. God can ratzah your offerings. When they're done the right way, with the right heart, God delights in them and accepts them. Parents can also ratzah their children, that is, approve of them, accept them, understand them, and delight in them. Proverbs 3.12 is a good example. The Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. That delight word is ratzah. Ratzah, approve, accept, be pleased with, delight in. And I don't know, I didn't do this yesterday, but let me see if I can do it now. You see, here's the Hebrew word. That's what it looks like in Hebrew. That's ratzah right there. It's one of the things I like about the book, these little call-outs that has some, have some of the biblical uh, vocabulary word defined for you. In the Bible, Jesus is the ultimate servant of the Lord, the Son in whom the Father delights. So when Matthew tells us about this Jesus, Matthew says the preaching and healing ministry of Jesus is intended to fulfill Isaiah 42. Matthew quotes the Old Testament Hebrew in New Testament Greek. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. That's Matthew 12:18 in the NIV. Matthew's Greek word gives us another gloss on the idea of thoughtful delight. Oidokeo in Greek comes from the prefix oi, which means good, and the verb dokeo, which means to think, literally to think well of something or someone. It probably won't surprise you to learn that God the Father puts it exactly this way both at Jesus' baptism and at his transfiguration. In both cases, the voice from the cloud says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's oidokeo. Oidokeo, to be pleased with, think well of, approve it, delight. And there's what oidokeo looks like in the Greek. God accepts, approves of, is pleased with, delights in, thinks well of this Jesus, this chosen servant and beloved son on whom God has placed the Spirit so that Jesus can proclaim God's righteousness to the nations. This particular brand of delight is something the Father has for the Son in the unity of the Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. 
Because Jesus stood in the place of repentant sinners as he stepped into the Jordan River to be baptized, repentant sinners now stand in the place of Jesus as they enter the waters of baptism. Being baptized into Christ means being baptized into his death and resurrection. Being baptized into Christ means Jesus bears the verdict your sins deserve and takes that death penalty to the cross. Being baptized into Jesus means you now stand beneath the cloud and receive the verdict that first and foremost belongs to Jesus. Beloved daughter, beloved son, in whom I delight, with whom I am well pleased. As a baptized follower of Jesus, you live out your life in the present fallen world, not under the weight of your sin and shame, but under a verdict of delight. God accepts you. God approves of you. God is pleased with, delights in, thinks well of you. That's your new status, your new identity, the state of affairs brought about by the life, baptism, death, resurrection, ascension, and promised return of the chosen servant and beloved son. As a chosen servant and beloved child, you have received the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus did. And, just like Jesus did, you will be led into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. You will proclaim God's righteous acts to the nations in the power of the Spirit, just like Jesus did. At times, you will be filled with joy in the Spirit, just as Jesus was. That same Spirit who dwelt with Jesus now dwells with you, to shape you more and more every day, to be like the chosen servant, the beloved Son in whom you have been baptized. In Jesus, God now says of you, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. Wow! God's delight doesn't mean life will be easy for you, any more than being God's beloved meant that life would be easy for Jesus. But that verdict of delight changes the way you experience even the hard stuff. Knowing that you bear the same spirit who accompanied Jesus in the wilderness, trusting that the same spirit who shaped Jesus' ministry is actively shaping your discipleship walk, believing that the same Father whom Jesus trusted even on the cross has claimed you as beloved child, all of that changes how you experience challenge and failure and heartache and loss. The Apostle Paul, who was quite a joyful fellow considering everything he went through, the Apostle Paul was led to write, For the sake of Christ, then, I oidokeo weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's 2 Corinthians 12.10. Uh, different translations try to capture the thrust of oidokeo in different ways. The ESV translates, I am content with. The NIV has, I delight in. The King James Version even says, I take pleasure in weaknesses and in insults and calamities and persecutions and difficulties. But uh, Paul doesn't mean the weaknesses and insults and hardships are somehow fun. Rather, Paul can take a certain thoughtful delight, 
oidokeo, in how God's strength is at work, even in the midst of our weakness and failure. Paul sees God present and active even in the midst of challenge and failure and heartache and loss. And it makes Paul say, wow. So you and I are not supposed to pretend to be happy when we're grieving. We aren't supposed to put on clown's makeup and so we can go to church where everyone who is a real Christian is bubbling over all the time. We don't ignore or minimize how hard life is, how weak we are, or how often we fail. And, knowing that the Spirit is still shaping us to be like Jesus, even in our failures, knowing that our brokenness is held in nail-scarred hands, knowing that God's power is made complete in our weakness, we can look unflinchingly at the difficult and challenging and broken things in our own lives and see how it all works, see how God is still present and active, and then approve and accept and somehow think well of even the weakest and most vulnerable areas of our lives. We do not delight in weakness or difficulty or pain as such. Rather, we approve and accept and delight in God's power active in the midst of our weakness, in our difficulty, even in our pain. Following Jesus isn't easy, but, God, but God's power is fulfilled in my weakness. I can delight in that. Chapter 2 is perhaps the shortest chapter in the whole book, and that reading plan we're following for week 1 says we're only supposed to be chapter 2 today, but uh, we're barely 15 minutes into this Facebook Live, so I thought maybe we'd sneak ahead to chapter 3 if that's okay with you. That would give us then only four Facebook Live readings this week. But I was thinking if, if you guys wanted to, maybe you could post a couple of questions about delight. I'll field the delight questions first and any other question if we take up all the delight ones. But if you wanted to post a question here or on our Facebook group, or if you wanted to send me an email, justin at findmynextstep.org and ask a question maybe on Friday during this time I could field some of the questions about the delight book and, and what's coming next from Next Step Press. So I invite you to participate uh, in some of the discussion here, ask a question or two, wonder with me about where we're going next but I think that'll be Friday's Facebook live video and, and tonight let's go ahead and push on with, with chapter 3 if that's okay with you. Chapter 3 is called playful delight and it's one of my favorite kinds of delight if you were a part of our ponder a new facebook group this hymn journal of trust and confidence then you know about sha'ah i talked about that hebrew word in the introduction here to, to that book welcome everybody from our ponder a new facebook group so good to have you here but uh playful delight comes it picks up on that hebrew word sha'ah we'll get to that here in chapter three chapter three beginning on page 25 Playful delight, things that make you go, wee. One of the words in Hebrew that can sometimes be translated as delight is a word for sport or play. You see the playfulness of that delight word in the context of Isaiah's vision of the coming of the shoot from the stump of Jesse, on whom the Spirit of the Lord will rest. 
Do you remember that scene? As, I, as Isaiah looks forward to God's promises becoming a reality, he describes a time of complete peace and harmony. You know some of the descriptions the prophet uses in Isaiah chapter 11. Verse 6 is perhaps the most familiar. The wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, and the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. That's Isaiah 11, verse 6 in the NIV. One of the details of that peaceable kingdom has to do with an infant or a toddler playing by the cobra's den. The mountain of God has so much peace and harmony going on that even the playful toddler who is having fun sticking her hand in and out of the snake pit won't come to any harm. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. That's Isaiah 8, uh, Isaiah 11, 8 in the NIV. That play word describes the kind of delight you get from just having fun. Coasting down a big hill on a bike, swinging on a tire swing, taking a running leap off a dock, grabbing the front seat on a roller coaster, anything that makes you go, wee! and then burst out laughing is probably a good approximation of the Hebrew word sha'ah. It's even fun to say sha'ah. Uh, that, that's what it looks like in the Hebrew, right? Right there. That's the Hebrew sha'ah. Sport, take delight in, or play. That's a good translation of sha'ah. That playful delight shows up repeatedly in Psalm 119. I will delight, Sha'ah, in your statutes and will not forget your word. I find delight, Sha'ah, in your commandments, which I love. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my Sha'ah, delight. If your law had not been my delight, Sha'ah, I would have perished in my affliction. Those are verses 16, 47, 77, and 92 of Psalm 119. Translation was the ESV. Psalm 119 seems to think we should take playful delight in God's word. That play, sport, delight vocabulary word can be translated as meditating on God's word. But not meditating as in just thinking about it intellectually, but playing with it, exploring it. Reading scripture is supposed to be fun. Living out your life of discipleship is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have a sense of joyful curiosity in your walk with Jesus. I wonder how this is all going to turn out. A sense of play or lightheartedness, of exploration, of discovery all belong to the discipleship walk. God's word is intended to be a delight to me. It's like playing a game. It's like enjoying a sport I love. Playful delight makes you go, Wee! This is awesome! Have you ever experienced playful delight during a Bible study or a sermon or reading a commentary or sitting at home with your Bible or having a conversation with a friend or, or listening to something on Facebook Live? 
you see some you see something you've never seen before and you go wow that's amazing this is so much fun i love this stuff that's what it's supposed to be like that's one of the ways we're supposed to experience following jesus of course, playful delight is not the only way we experience it. Of course, following Jesus can be hard, but following Jesus should also be just plain fun. When I think of sport and play and, and what it means for a parent to delight in a child and for a child to delight in their parent, I, I think of the dynamics of young children's sports. If a child plays a sport thinking that what they do on the field or in the pool or on the balance beam is something that's going to affect their relationship with their mom or their dad, if they think they have to be the best or score enough goals, if they know that when they only score one goal, their dad is going to say, well, you could have scored two, or if they swim a lap in 30 seconds, they know their mom is going to say, yeah, but you, it could have been 29. If they go out onto the field thinking that what they do in the game, they have to do in order to earn the delight of their parents, how do you think they're going to experience that sport, that play? I think playing sports like that has to be a burden I think pressure to perform like that turns you into a bad teammate. I mean, if I know my mom is not going to be proud of me unless I score at least three goals, then you better pass the ball to me, me, me. Playing in order to earn delight makes kids selfish and self-centered and bad teammates on the field. I also think that playing sports like that robs children of their joy. Sport is no longer play if I'm performing in order to win favor. But what if that child takes the field, dives into the pool, takes the court, knowing full well that their mom or their dad absolutely delights in them? What if they heard before they took the field, I'm proud of you, go get them. What if when they trip over the soccer ball because they missed it and have to come off the field because their knee is scraped up, what if they meet a parent on the sideline who smiles and laughs with them and kisses their knee and says, now get back out there and try again, you goof, and kick the ball this time? What if that young child intrinsically knows that they're loved? that their parents delight in them, that their parents are proud of them, that nothing that happens on the field could change that? What if that young child knows from experience that their parents are there to rejoice with them when they do well and to commiserate with them when they fail, but that fundamentally, fundamentally, they're loved? That knowledge... That confidence brings all kinds of freedom. With that confidence, you can go out and try. You don't have to be afraid. You can explore and experiment and discover and try something new and even fail. And it's going to be okay. I want you to know that when you put down this book, 
when you stop listening to this Facebook Live, when you go out and try to follow Jesus in your workplace or in your home, when you go out and try to live a life of love and forgiveness, when you go out and try to let Jesus shape your response, there is nothing you have to do to earn your Father's favor. There is nothing you have to do to make Jesus like you just a little better. Jesus is not proud of you because of what you do out there in the real world. Jesus already loves you deeply and intimately. He already rejoices over you and takes delight in you. When you go out into God's world with God's word on your lips, I think there are times when God just laughs at us. <laughs> oh, you idiots, come here, my beloved. Now try and kick the ball next time. I think there are times God laughs at us, quite honestly. And of course, there are times when God laughs with us. And yes, there will be times when Jesus weeps with us too. But the Bible's fundamental message is that God delights in you apart from what you have to do to earn it. You do not play for God's delight. You play from God's delight. God's delight frees you up to experience your life, even your failures, in a way that lets you go, Whee! What a ride! That's chapter 3, folks, and that's all we'll do for tonight. But tomorrow night we'll be back with chapter 4. Uh, don't forget to uh, share this video. If you've liked it, the recording will be done. Share it with some friends or family members. We'd love to get more people inside the, the delight fold. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your busy day. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, you could tell I got a little emotional reading the end of chapter 3. I'm sure that won't be the last time I get emotional on Facebook Live. But I, I really mean that. That idea that we play from God's delight and not for God's delight. Man, that's made all the difference in the world. Uh, for me and for people I love. So, thanks for being here. Uh, good night, and we'll see you next time at Next Step Press.